Thanks for checking out Church on the Rock's message this week. We would love to help you take your next step in knowing God better. The best way to do that is visit cotr.org slash next steps. Or if you're not near our physical campus, visit our online community at cotr.org slash online. Enjoy the message and know that God is for you. Okay, open your Bible tonight. Let's get right in the Word. Open your Bible, if you would, with me tonight. And we have here, we're going to talk about uh, what to do in the wilderness. And it is Deuteronomy 1, verse 2. Let's start there. Hope you have something to take notes with. We're going to learn. We're going to grow. We're going to get stronger. We're going to be like Superman. Remember Clark, Clark Kent went to the went to the phone booth. Y'all know what a phone booth is? Wow. He went to a phone booth and he came out as Superman. Well, we came to Church on the Rock tonight and we're going to leave stronger and closer to God. Amen. So we're talking about what do you do? And I'm finishing this series, by the way. We're going to leave the wilderness tonight. We're going to get into the promised land. Praise God. We've been here long enough, right? Four weeks. So what to do in the wilderness? And the wilderness, if you're with us tonight, haven't been with us, that's when you're going through a hard time, a hard place. That's when you're, 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 you're going through a battle financially, physically, marital, whatever, job, career, mind, mental. You're in a dry spell. You're stagnant. You feel like God hasn't heard you. You're wondering, God, where are you? Uh, it seems like your dream won't ever come to pass. It's delayed. All of the above. That's a wilderness. A wilderness, the desert, dry. We looked at it last Wednesday night. We looked at the last three Wednesday nights, and I gave you, can you believe it, but over all three, 15 things to do, right? We had people uh, uh, calling tonight before church asking some of our staff, uh, can you get us on live stream? We're not live streaming Wednesday night, but you can get the teaching on our website free, okay? So you can go back over the last few weeks if you haven't been with us, and we've been talking about what do you do when you're going through a really difficult, challenging time? When you're doing everything you know to do, but you seem dry and stagnant, you can't hear God, you can't feel God, you're questioning God instead of trusting God. Hello? I've been there questioning God instead of trusting God. You're wondering why and what and when and all the above. So am I communicating? You understand, after four weeks, I've been trying to help you get through the wilderness. See, you got to get through it to come out of it. You got to go through it to come out of it. And if I don't go through it, then guess what? I'll have to take it over again sometime. If I, if I don't pass the test now, I got to take it over somewhere. And if I rush through the wilderness, then I lack the character that will help me when I get in a position I can't handle the stress, right? I can't handle the pressure. So we looked at all the things that in the wilderness, God's building our character, right? God's purging us. God's preparing us for what he promised us. God's testing us. He knows what we'll do, but we don't know what we'll do, right? All these things. We looked at 15 different things that are happening in the wilderness. Again, it's a dry time, a hard time, a difficult time. You're questioning instead of trusting. You have a tendency to want to quit, want to give up and say why. All the above, we all go through it. Every Christian gets to go through the wilderness. Every person on the planet will go through pain. Can I just say that? Christians are not exempt from pain. The world 
is full of pain, and every one of us in our lifetime will go through painful seasons. Joe Rogan, the podcaster, I, I saw him the other day. He was, he, he, you know, he says he's an atheist, doesn't believe in God. And I heard him, Joe Rogan, say the other day to a, a guest, he said, well, if God's really God, why does he let all these bad things happen? He needs to come to Church on the Rock. He would find out why. The world is broken. The world is cursed because of sin, Adam and Eve in the garden. And really, God is not in control. We are in control. If God was in control, he'd make everybody go to church. He'd make everybody get saved. He'd make everybody love everybody. He'd make everybody be kind to everybody. But he gave us a free will, so we're not, we're not uh, you know, artificial intelligence without a will and a choice, right? So, so we understand that all of us will go through painful seasons. That's part of life. But you sang it tonight. God will never leave us. God will never forsake us. God will protect us. God will watch over us. Amen, everybody? So that's what this whole four weeks has been, is to help you get through it in order to come out of it. I can't go around it to get out of it. I can't run from it to get out of it. I can't hide from it to get out of it. I've got to go through it to get out of it. Now, that was worth coming tonight for. I can't run from it, hide from it, ignore it. I can't, you know, try to go around it, over it, or under it. I have to go through the wilderness to reach my destiny. I have to go through the wilderness, the desert seasons, to fulfill my calling. We said we left off last Wednesday night that in the wilderness, you get a greater revelation of God. In the wilderness, we press in and get closer. In the wilderness, God gives us what we need, not what we want. And God's given us what we want, not, need, not want, in the area of our character. Because there's things in all of our life, including mine, that need to drop off that I need to get rid of because I'm standing in my own way. Thank you, hallelujah, jalapeno, glory to God. Are we okay? Okay, this is, the, this is all about the children of Israel and Moses and leading them out of Egypt into the promised land, and they were supposed to go through this desert in 11 days. It took them 40 years, okay? So here we go, Deuteronomy 1, verse 2. It was an 11-day journey, 11-day journey from Horeb to Kadesh Barnea, 11 days. Why did it take them 40 years? Wrong behaviors. For every season in our life, there's a right behavior. If I don't behave or respond or react correctly, then I have to keep going through that until I develop my character and I respond with the right behavior. Okay? So we're going to look at that tonight. Ten behaviors that held them back. Ten. Okay? In the Bible. But let's go to the next scripture building our case tonight. Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1, to everything there's a season and a time for every purpose under the heaven. So our life is made up of seasons, and every season has a purpose. So what you're going through tonight has a purpose concerning what God's promised you. What you're going through tonight, the season you and I are going through tonight, has a purpose. It's not wasted time. And the purpose is to prepare us for our future that God has promised to us. Because we don't grow in the comfort zone. We don't grow in the comfort zone. Do you know the hardest place to live is your comfort zone? Yeah, you know the most difficult place to live is your comfort zone. Because in our comfort zone, we're tossed to and fro. We're pushed around, shoved around, 
lack of discipline, feel like we're making no headway. In the comfort zone, we lose our, our habits, our disciplines, our boundaries. In the comfort zone, we might be comfortable, but we're not making any headway. The hardest place for my life is when I was in my comfort zone. So you don't want to live in the comfort zone. That's hard. Secondly, leaving the comfort zone is hard. Leaving the comfort zone is hard. But then once you left the comfort zone and you're living in a hard, difficult, challenging zone, that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. That's where the Holy Spirit comes in and empowers you for that level and that zone. You don't want to live in the comfort zone. You want to challenge yourself every day. You want to do something every day that's difficult. Turn to your neighbor and just ask him, and don't answer him, but just ask him, what did you do today that was difficult? See, champions ask themselves that every night. Champions ask themselves that every night. Champions ask themselves that every night. What did I do today? Not was easy, not the easy road, but what did I do today that was difficult, that was hard? That's when the Holy Spirit comes in and empowers us, okay? So that was worth coming to Church on the Rock tonight too. Deuteronomy 8, verse 1, 2, and 3. Every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe. We learn obedience in the desert. You must be careful to observe it, obey it, and live and multiply, and go in and possess the land which the Lord swore unto your fathers. There's a land to possess, a destiny to live out, a purpose for all of our lives. Verse 2. And you will shall remember the Lord your God, remembering, being thankful. We're learning to be thankful in the desert. We don't focus on what we don't have. Don't focus on what you don't have. Don't focus on what you can't do. Don't focus on where you can't go because it will only cause you to feel sorry for yourself. Okay? So in the desert, we learn to be thankful for all that God's done. These 40 years in the wilderness, he humbles us, and humility is a magnet that attracts God's best. He tests us to know what's in your heart, whether we'll keep the word, stand on the word, or not. Whether we'll stand on the word or quit. Whether we'll stand on the word or quit. We find out in the desert and the wilderness. Verse 3. So he humbled you, and he allowed you to hunger, and he fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know. Gave them what they needed, not what they wanted. That he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, by the natural, but by every word, that's the Bible, that proceeds from the mouth of God. We want to create an appetite for the word in the wilderness and the desert. We want to run to the word, run to God, get closer to God. The wrong behavior is getting bitter, angry, resentful, and backsliding. They did that. They backslid in the desert, okay? So uh, those were our foundational texts for the whole um, last month. What did they do wrong that we can learn from then? Ten things, only at Church on the Rock. Ten things they did wrong, okay? Next slide, guys. Can you do it for me? All right. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 1 through 11, referring to this generation that came out of Egypt to go into the promised land but didn't make it, 11-day journey, so my behavior can lengthen my wilderness or shorten it. My behavior can lengthen it or shorten it. It was 11 days, took them 40 years, and they still didn't come out. They died in the wilderness. We have to go through the wilderness and to come out. Can't run from it, avoid it, try to go around it. You got to face it. You got to face it. 
you know, Saturday night with our marketplace ministry, Coach Dan Gable said, you have to attack your adversary or your adversary will attack you. You have to attack your adversary or your adversary will attack you. We're not talking about human beings. We're talking about challenges, obstacles, spiritual warfare. Okay, now watch this. Okay, we're going to learn 10 things they did so you and I won't do them. I would rather learn from your experiences than mine. Wouldn't you? Hallelujah. Okay. Praise God. Moreover, brethren, I would not that you be ignorant. We're lifelong learners. How that all of our fathers who were under the cloud all passed through the sea, verse 2, and they were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and the sea, verse 3, and they did all eat the same spiritual meat, verse 4, and did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Old Testament, right? Old Testament. They're out of Egypt. They're in the desert. They're supposed to go into the promised land. But with many of them, God was not happy. Whoa. You know, I want to respond in a way in, in the difficult season you are, I might be in tonight. I want to respond in a way that will please God because when I do that, I get the favor of God. And we need God's favor like never before. Okay? So many of them, God wasn't happy. Now, he loved them, but wasn't happy with them. It's like your children, there are times you love them, but you're not happy with them. Right? Well, Heavenly Father loved them, but wasn't happy with them. But many of them, God was not pleased. Why, why were you not pleased, God? Because they didn't fulfill their destiny. They didn't fulfill his promise they had for their life. For they didn't achieve what he wanted for them to have. They didn't do his will. They were overthrown or defeated in the wilderness. You and I don't want to be like them. We want to learn from them because we want to please God so we have the favor of God in our life. And we don't want to, we don't want to become a victim in the wilderness or the desert we're going through tonight. How many people that you don't know that have a victim mentality in our world right now? That, that they're flunking the test that they're responding incorrectly, okay? I, I, I can say this 40 years, thinking of this building. I go back over the staff people that I've had, and we have the best we've ever had right now. We've got an awesome team. I'm thankful for them. But I'll look, yeah, go ahead, give them a hand clap. But I look back over 40 years of all the staff that I've hired that work for me, and there's so many of them that got to a point and I would go to them and say, you're going through a test. Respond correctly. And they didn't and got mad and quit. And many of them aren't even in the ministry today because they didn't know how to handle after being here one year, two years, three years, five years, ten years. Because every season has a purpose. Our life is full of seasons. And the seasons change. And what you deal with tonight, if we, if we pass the test, you'll deal with something differently a year from tonight. Does that make sense? But I've seen so many people, and I'm just referring to people in ministry, that, that when they were faced with a test they never had before, acted stupid, responded like they have never been under my teaching, did the wrong thing, left, quit the ministry, and today their homes are broken. Okay? So I know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. You know people in the same way. So God wasn't pleased with them because they were defeated in the wilderness. Next verse, verse 6. Now, these things were our examples. So they're our example. We're to look and learn, 
to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they lusted. First behavior, they were going after things they shouldn't have gone after. They were lusting. Lust means desiring. They were desiring the wrong things, going after the wrong things. Verse 7, neither be idolaters. They were, uh, they were into idolatry. What's that? Putting the lake over God. Put my kids over God. Put my job over God. Put my health over God. Putting money over God. That's idolatry. An idol is anything I put before God. An idol is anything I put before God. An idol is anything I put before God. And they were idolaters. Okay? As were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink, and they rose up to play. Now, we're going to learn from these, these guys, right? Neither let us commit fornication, sexual sin. We're looking at 10, 10 behaviors they did where they didn't make it out of the wilderness and fell short of what God wanted to do in their life. Neither let us commit fornication as they did. Fell in one, one day, three and 20,000, okay? Sexual sin. Neither let us tempt Christ. We can tempt the Lord. Neither let us tempt Christ as they did and were destroyed by serpents. Next slide, guys. Neither murmur, oh my goodness, Joyce Myers will blame her. She said, if you complain, you remain. How many people do you know, don't point to them because they're not here tonight, that are complaining in the season they're in? They're blaming the church. They're blaming me. They're blaming you. They're, they're blaming God. They're blaming their in-laws, their outlaws, their husband, their wife, their mother, their father, the color of their skin, their past, their parents. They're blaming everybody, right? You blame, you be lame, right? So notice they were murmurers. I know we don't like to hear it because we live in a world full of complaining. It's easier to complain than it is to be positive. It's easier to be negative than it is to be positive. It takes more discipline to master my mouth than it does just to say what I want to say. Okay? So neither murmur ye, as some of them murmured, and they were destroyed by the destroyer. Notice all these behaviors open the door to the destroyer. Who's the destroyer? The devil. All these things gave ground to the devil. The Bible says don't give ground to the devil. Don't give him any ground. These ten behaviors opened the door to let the devil come in and destroy them. And they fell short of what God wanted for them, what God had for them. Here's what I know. When you and I are on the brink of our miracle and our breakthrough, the devil comes at us the hardest. You say, Pastor, this is the hardest season I've ever been in. Well, look up and cheer up because that means the devil just threw his best and his best wasn't good enough and everything's about to turn around for you. Really, when it gets the hardest, you know, what does it say? You know, darkness is uh, for a season, but joy comes in the morning. It may be the darkest season of your life, the darkest time of your life, but what's ahead? Joy comes in the morning. Here's what I know. These seasons don't last forever. Darkness doesn't last forever. Night doesn't last forever. So don't give up when you're on the brink of a breakthrough. Everything's turning around. When the devil's trying to break relationships off your life that you need, when God wants to bless you, he sends a relationship into your life. When the devil wants to destroy you, he sends a relationship into your life. Most important thing in life is not things, it's relationships. And when you have a God relationship, the devil will work overtime to break it. 
Did you hear what I said? When you have a God relationship in your life, the devil will work overtime to break that relationship. Okay? Praise God. That was for somebody who needed to hear that tonight. So, so complaining, complaining, wow, uh, it, it makes God very, very unhappy. When we complain, we lose the victory. When we complain, we open the door to the destroyer. When we complain, we're feeding a negative spirit. When we complain, we're running out of God's grace. When we complain, we're missing God's best. Well, those are a few reasons that we don't want to, Lord, help me with my big fat mouth, okay? So number one, their behaviors, we're going to learn from them, right, everybody? They lusted after evil things. Number two, next, guys, idolatry. They had other things before God. God wasn't the most important thing in their life. Number three, sexual sins. Outside marriage, it ain't right. Number four, murmuring and complaining. Murmuring and complaining, okay? Okay, next, guys, next. Hebrews 3, verse 8. Everybody still with me? Okay, so let's go on now. We're going to get the other six, but here's some more scriptures. Talking about that generation. Harden not your hearts as in the day of provocation, in the day of temptation, where? In the wilderness. In the wilderness, God tests us so we'll know what, what we need to change in our life, but the devil will tempt us to quit. The devil will, Pastor, have you ever wanted to quit every Monday morning? For 40 years, every Monday morning, okay? Because nothing is ever how I want it to be on the weekend. I want every seat full. I want, I want lines all down the streets like for a concert, for a church. I want your family born again. I want your family, your friends born again. I don't want to see our community go to hell. I want to see things. So about every Monday morning, about every Monday morning, okay? What am I saying? We all get tempted to give up and quit, okay? In the wilderness, verse 9, next verse. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and yet they saw my works for 40 years. 40 is the number for testing. Okay, next, guys, next slide. Wherefore, I was grieved. Oh, my goodness. So my behavior can make God glad or it can grieve God. I was grieved with that generation, and they said, and they do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. Next. So I swear in my wrath, they will not enter in to the promised land or to my rest. Next slide, guys. Take heed, brethren, lest there be any of you with an evil heart of, oh, here's another behavior that kept them out, unbelief. A hardened heart, got bitter, got angry, okay? Got bitter, got angry. You can't counsel someone with a hardened heart. People with a hardened heart can't receive the word or counsel. So they had a hardened heart. They got bitter, they got angry. But here also they were in unbelief. Even though they had seen all the miracles that God had did, they chose to have and walk in unbelief. Departing from the living God. What's that? Departing, going back. Once knowing him, going back. Okay, next, next slide. So number five of the ten that kept them out, and we're going to learn from them because you and I are going to go through our wilderness and we're going to come out and our best days are ahead. Hardening of the heart. When our heart gets hard, we always want to keep a soft heart. The Bible says guard your heart because a hard heart can't get revelation, 
A hard heart can't receive counsel. A hard heart can't grow. Next, number six, is unbelief. Six of the ten, it said, follow their example. Learn from them. Don't do what they did. Unbelief. In the wilderness, uh, the promise that God gave us is being tested. Are we going to believe it or choose not to believe it? The promises, the prophecies that God's spoken over your life and my life, are we going to believe them or choose not to believe them? Okay? Their unbelief kept them out. Notice, God didn't keep them out. Devil couldn't even keep them out. But their reaction, responses, and their choices and behaviors kept them out. Okay? Next slide, guys. Next slide. All right? Psalm 78, verse 40. Y'all still okay, everybody? Y'all are doing awesome. Praise God. Wednesday night's kind of spoiling me. Is it kind of spoiling? I just think we'll just have somebody else on the weekend and we'll just stay here on Wednesday night. Psalm 78, verse 40. How often, still talking about that generation, how often did they provoke God in the wilderness and they grieved the Holy Spirit, God, in the desert? I don't want to grieve the Lord. I don't want to provoke him and tempt him. I don't want to displease him. Next slide, guys. Yea, they turned back. What's that? Backsliding. Backsliding. Once serving, no longer serving. Once on fire, no longer on fire. You know, all the above. They turned back, and what did they do? They tempted God. But look at this, y'all. They limited. Can we limit God? Yes. They limited what God wanted for their life. They limited what God could do because of the wrong response and behavior to hard difficult seasons of our life. We all go through pain. We will all go through pain. We'll all go through all kinds of seasons in our life. But you sang it tonight, God will never leave us. No weapon formed against you will prosper. We found out that God's working. Last Wednesday night, we looked at Job. Job said, I went over here to the east. I couldn't find you. Went to the west, couldn't find you. That was last Wednesday night. Job said, I went to the north, went to the south. But he said, I knew you were working behind the scenes. Tonight, my brother and sister, God is working behind the scenes in your life. Amen. All right? So they remembered not his hand. They were unthankful. They were unthankful, and they were forgetful of what he did. God's hand always represents his power, demonstration, miracle signs, and wonders. They forgot all that he did to get them out of Egypt. Nor the day when he delivered them from the enemy, the Red Sea, Parting, then Pharaoh and his army being drowned in the Red Sea. They forgot all about the past, what God did, the lion, the bear. Let's don't forget what God did in our past because that's going to get you through what you're going through to get you to your future. Wow. Okay. So next we see here that they limited God. We don't want to limit God. They limited God. We don't want to limit God because they were unthankful. Unthankfulness unthankfulness. I'm thankful for our church. I'm thankful for our ministry. I'm thankful for 40 years. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for our team. I'm thankful for what God's allowing us to do. You know, this coming Sunday morning, uh, we're in Sweden. And, and why, Pastor, would you go? Because they kept after us, Sweden, after us over and over and over again. They've watched our program. They've asked over and over and over again. I'm just thinking of all the different outreaches, all the different venues. Tonight, we're in the metaverse. This church is in the metaverse church. They're getting born again, those gamers. 
virtual reality, our virtual reality church, there are more people now in our virtual reality church than ever before. I mean, I wish I could just tell you all the miracles God's doing through your ministry. I'm thankful. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits as the team comes tonight. So unthankfulness is something else they did that we don't want to do. Psalm 106, verse 13. They soon forgot his works. Look at this. They waited not for his counsel. They waited not for his counsel. What is that? They wouldn't receive God's counsel. They wouldn't receive the word of God. They heard it. They knew it, but they wouldn't receive it. They wouldn't receive counsel. They were unteachable. They were not like you and me, lifelong learners. But lusted exceedingly in the wilderness, and they tempted God in the desert. And he gave them their request, but sent leanness into their soul. They envied Moses, that's the leader, also in the camp, and Aaron, the saint of the Lord. So number nine, they didn't listen to counsel. We want to be open to the word that when we read it, God reveal it to us and help us obey it. Amen. We want to agree with it and start saying it, and then you'll start believing it. We want to be teachable. We want to be students in the storm, not rebellious. And then next, next slide, guys. Number 10, last but not least, these 10 things that we learned from them, they spoke against authority. They were envious of Moses. They spoke against Moses. He was the leader. He was the pastor. They, they spoke against him. What is that usurping authority? Is that a big deal? Yes, it is. Because if I'm not under authority, I can't walk in authority. If I'm not under authority, then I try to use the name of Jesus, and it won't work. If I'm rebelling against authority, the name of Jesus, any authority won't work. And you and I, in the wilderness, we need to have the authority of the believer working for us. That when we speak in the name of Jesus, things happen. Ten things they did you and I don't want to do that kept them in the desert, in the wilderness, kept them from coming out and going into God's best. What is your next step in your faith? Well, here at Church on the Rock, we would love to help you. Maybe it's to learn more about discovering what it means to belong to a church family, being part of a small group, or using your God-given gifts to serve others. Head over to cotr.org slash next steps where you can find out more to all of these. Or if you're a part of our online community, visit us at cotr.org slash online. Have a great week and don't forget that God is for you.